live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son TTRPG and MMA podcast and the home of the best NPCs on this goddamn planet. And we are here today with Allie, the game goddess of Dice Drop Evolutions, Mutants, and Masterminds Actual Play Podcast. Allie, we are hyped to see you. Ah. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming. We're, we're honestly, we've been looking forward to having this conversation with you for a while for multiple reasons outside of the fact that uh, you play a system that we don't play and we're really interested to talk to you about that and get your perspective as, a, as an insider, um, as well as also, you know, just really excited to talk to you, seeing you in the sphere for a while. You and I have kind of interacted one and I've just been really excited to be able to have a bit of face-to-face -face time with you, though we had a little bit on the on chat. Uh, I think uh, I'm really hyped for today. I wanted to... Yeah, uh, I'm really excited. Oh, I'm glad too. I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to hear that. Um, I want to ask you a question. Kind of, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, this before we started about your graphic design work and whatnot. And the first thing that really struck me about Dice Drop Evolution, as I like got to know you guys through you know the Twitter sphere and Discord and whatnot, was your guys' incredible artwork and the way that you guys present your podcast, the way that you have your logo and stuff. What kind of inspired this graffiti pop art style that you guys use? Because it's freaking awesome. Talk to me about that. Um, so everything aesthetic design-wise was me because I was the one graphic designer on the podcast originally um, before we switched uh game masters gms so mm -hmm. all the graphic design work was my job to begin with uh i already knew that i wanted to do something a little bit more like neon a little bit more grungy because we mm -hmm. already said the setting was going to be a little bit more like cyberpunk dystopian and i wanted it yeah. to give like that like sort of pop and punk to mm -hmm. it rather than wow look at this like pretty fantasy flower vine going up because that just wasn't our aesthetic that wasn't our style uh i actually need to start putting together a brand guide for <laughs> the podcast soon so yeah it, it was really fun to make thanks for watching this episode we really appreciate you supporting homie and the dude please hit us with the holy trinity like our facebook page subscribe to the youtube channel and follow us on instagram just search at homie and the dude it all really helps I was gonna say, how long did it take you to, to like complete some of those projects? So the logo, um, I'm gonna be very honest, the logo, uh, I didn't give anyone in my podcast a choice. I was like- <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah, no, they didn't get a choice. I mean, it wasn't like A, B or C. I was just like, this is our logo now. And everyone was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this is exactly what, so you are doing, not only are you coming up with the idea, but you are, you're applying the idea to the art. So you're creating the, the art for the logo, for the design and everything. What's your preferred medium? Are you, are you a sketch person that then outlines that digitally or are you working on a, you know, a Wacom pad or how are you, how are you doing this? It really depends on the project. Uh, I do use a lot of Wacom tablet stuff, but that's mo mainly for when I'm working for like Amber's stuff. I do all of the assets for the Space Jamber. You just had her on. Um, yeah, so I do all of Amber's assets. So I normally do a Wacom tablet because her the style I like made for her is very like whimsical, very like nice and clean and like nice gradient so like wacom tablets just easier for me to like get where i need to with that yeah. but with my work i'm strictly in like illustrator putting together like big shapes creating shadows with that um it really depends on what i'm working on i did go to art school originally i went for like a year and a half at the Maryland Institute College of Art, which is like one nice. of like the big guns when it comes to art <laughs> schools. I left on the Dean's list. I left because I wasn't getting the education that I needed because I wanted to be a graphic designer that worked commercially so I could get paid. And they didn't understand that. So I kind of just skedaddled. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Well, do you know, I, I think it's one of those things that, that's super interesting that, you know, you're like, it depends on the, first of all, let me just say Amber's are like, we were, we were talking about her whole aesthetic, how she's, you know, now got like the pink headphones to go with the, <laughs> and you know, the hair and the, the keyboard. And I was like, it's just, it all is fitting really beautifully. So, you know, the fact that you are a part of that is absolutely awesome. I take my hat off to you. You absolutely smash it with all of the stuff that you're doing for her. Um, in terms of that, it's really interesting because we, we, we work closely with a couple of artists and watching the them, thing. you know, go through their process. You know, some are very much like digital, like I, I sketch digitally and then I line digitally and I, you know, paint digitally and all that. Where others we know, you know, are like, cool, I start on paper with pencil and pen and, you know, then I go from there and take photos and then build it up so on and so forth. It's really interesting to see, you know, all these different styles and how people go about it. And it often is a product of, you know, what you've learned and where you come from. Like you said, you know, you studied some art for a little bit and things like that. I want to ask, does that influence you? Like, do you draw your own characters often? Do you find yourself going like, oh, I, for, for like games, I need to like get in the zone. So I'm going to draw some characters so and get in that vibe. So the way I get into the zone, one, I'm not an illustrator. An illustrator and graphic designer are very different. Il graphic course, designers yeah. work with illustrators. Um, if you yeah. look at Matthew from Abyssal Brews, Matthew yeah. is the graphic designer. He makes yeah. all of the layout. He makes sure the typography looks great. He makes everything gorgeous. The illustrations you see are from the illustrator named Fernando, who is yep. fantastic and amazing. So those are yeah. two perfect artists making mm. a wonderful child so yeah. i'm not an illustrator i'm a graphic designer i will lay out yeah. and make things look good but i will not sketch yeah. uh i when i'm trying to get into character i put together spotify playlists i sometimes cosplay i nice. try to like mess around with voices for like a day or two till like yeah. i kind of understand what i want but that's where i'm normally at when it comes to character creating it's that's really really important like interesting because we have had others that have said they are really interested with music as mm -hmm. an influence to characters as well we're working on a live stream right now putting together character de depictions of each person that's playing and wondering how important it is for you or like what level of interest you have if there is some sort of character creation, visual character creation of your character um, that you like want to be involved in or you don't care. It's, you know, like put whatever you want up. I'm going to I'll act it out. And that's what comes to life. It depends on what I'm doing it for i guess so like if it's like a simple one shot i'm going to be there one time it's one character i'm going to play i'm going to be like yeah that's fine um yeah. but if it's something that because we just got um our characters for dice drop evolution like drawn for us in chibi style from a, an artist that elena knows Nice. Um, I was super picky. I was super, super picky when it came to River, even though like I am the game goddess now. I'm not I'm still kind of like playing my character that I was before as a side character. She is still in the mix, but I was super picky when she first came back. I was just like, I don't like the eyeliner. Please give her uh, piercings. She has no piercings. No one's going to know who that is. It just looks like a black-haired chibi i need <laughs> i need some grunge and that's it like i said it's situational <laughs> that makes total sense and also like at the end of the day look let's 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 also put this into context river is someone that you have though you are now the gm it's someone you've carried through you know nearly bloody what oh. 70 episodes of a podcast at this point and uh you know we we with with 70 episodes in, you know, it becomes not just, you know, a character that you're playing. It's a character that you love. It's a character that, you know, you're committed to and that, you know, you found, you know, grace and, and, and time for. And I think when, when that happens, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something you care a lot more about than, you know, a one-shot character where you're like, ah, I'll find an image on Google and that'll, that'll do, you know. No, there, there, are one shot, no, there are one-shot characters that I do fall in love with where I'm just like, I will slap this character into any game that you want me to. And that's, that's like, fine. Yeah. Like, I was playing kid, Kids on Bikes and mm -hmm. I was playing this uh, rowdy 
alt kid boy named Dex who is just like a ladies man and I will play Dex till the day I die I I loved playing Dex he was just like a huge idiot and was very like food and girl driven and it was really funny <laughs> you know it's, it's it's one of those things where like sometimes you hit you hit it with a character and you feel it. like I know there's definitely like one or two characters that I've found that are like like you said that the one where you're like this is not only fun to play but I'm like I'm good at it. Everything is like everything. All the pieces are falling into place like very, very easily. Um, what I wanted to ask you, obviously, you know, uh, you just mentioned that you're playing kids with bikes and stuff like that. And over here at Homie and the Dude, you know, we do a lot of D&D stuff because my small brain can't at the moment deal with any more systems than, than D&D to focus on. Um, but I, I obviously really wanted to talk to you about Mutants and Masterminds because it's a really interesting system. I've done like a little bit of research about it. And I want to know what about this D20 system that comes with Mutant Masterminds really interests you? What parts of it you like? What parts of it you're like, oh, I wish I could like change that. Like if I, if I could homebrew something to, to fix that, I, I freaking would. What, what, what for you are the bits that you're, uh, that you're loving? And Here's hating? the thing. Here's the thing, Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> I learned everything I know about Mutants and Masterminds through the last GM that I played mm -hmm. with on the podcast. Yeah. I refuse to pick up a book and learn more about mutants and masterminds. So basically everything is homebrewed. Um, Amazing. Everything's a D20. If there's rules that I actually read in mutants and masterminds, because there are some that I do read and I don't like, mm. I go, now nah, I'm going to change that to something else. Um, and that's just how I live because you and I both have really bad ADHD and learning rules is not our strong suit. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 totally, I, I, I totally feel that, you know, like it's, it's not one where and, and in terms of that, I also do the same thing. Like I break rules often for flavor and for like, you know, a, a moment for me is more important than, you know, freaking a, a rule in a book. So I, I very much <laughs> fall into that category of like sometimes it's more about like, screw it. I, if I don't like that, I'm, I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to put that in. You know, I disagree with that. And. I really like that mentality. Personally, I know a lot of like other GMs are very much like, no, you're breaking oh, the I hate system. Rule. I can't deal with rules lawyers. If any rules lawyer came onto my game, I'd be like, I'm sorry, dude, you can't tell me what to do. Like, that's just how this is going to be. I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And be like, no, that's not to other things. And that's how it's yeah. going to be. <laughs> you know, what's great about it though, is there's, I mean, you both, do it for a certain reason, which is that's the the preferred learning and sort of delivery style that you have. But it's also like there's an element of courage in just dropping the rules, and also an element of stepping into creativity of like you know if, if I if I can loosen this up a little bit, not you know for people do it for different reasons, and you guys do it for you know your own reasons. But the bottom line is you do it right. You get into that mm -hmm. space where. Um, it is a, a space that you create that allows for more creativity. And uh, I think that's awesome. I, I'm not sure if how much of that is uh, something that is part of your decision making, or is it s simply because, look, it's just easier to do it this way? Um, well, I've been kind of world building since I was like, five and that's just because i've always like pictured myself in like a fantastical fairy realm rather mm -hmm. than real life because that seems more fun and so i world building for me is really easy so when i'm put in a setting where it's just like this is your setting this is what you're doing this is your character and these are how your characters act i'm just like but what if we didn't and we did it this <laughs> I way love that. yeah so that that's just kind of mm. how I am now I have when I say I've been world building it doesn't mean I've been playing d and I started playing D&D when I was around like 18 like I was oh, wow. I was late I mm. was very late to the game <laughs> I, like to be fair I played like a couple games when I was 15 and then like 20s is me so you're 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 not doing too bad you've been you've been you've been at this for a lot longer than I that's amazing. Yeah. So I, when I first like picked up D and D and I figured out like what it was and how to actually yeah. play it. I was just like, oh, wait. So everything I was doing as a child where people thought I was a little weirdo, <laughs> I can do it with other little weirdos <laughs> and we can roll dice about it. And I was like, perfect, okay. done. <laughs> <laughs> I, did you know, it's one of those things that really does, you know, 
like it, it brings you in. It's a safe space. And uh, do you know, uh, it'd be a really good place to ask, you know, what was your, what was your kind of intro to it? You said, you know, it was when you're uh, uh, 18 years old. What was your, was it college buddies? Was it like homies from like a game store? Like what was, what was your first kind of situation? And also as, as a female how, or as, as they, as she, they, how, how did you fit into that space? Cause I know sometimes I know I've entered a couple of spaces and it's been a bit volatile towards, you know, people of other genders of sexualities and things like that. Did you experience anything like that in your first couple games? So my first couple games, um, so the GM I was talking about prior that was originally on day that was originally on day drop. Mm-hmm. He was my first GM oh, on amazing. anything, on everything. Yeah. Um, mm. Unfortunately, after he left DDE, we don't talk anymore. It ended very badly. But um, we met <laughs> on mm. this beautiful dating website called OKCupid. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. And, That's awesome. And, yeah, uh, it didn't work out. He realized that was crazy and then realized no, this energy would be good for <laughs> for gaming and for Dungeons and Dragons. And so I made a stupid, like the stupidest, like probably negative two modifier wood elf druid. <laughs> and um the and I told the gm i was just like i can play the rogue the rogue better as a rogue as a druid and he was just like the other rogue in the party is not gonna like that and i was just like i don't care and <laughs> so the first time like the rogue in the party caught word of it and he got a little bit salty so the mm-hmm. immediately the first time like the party saw me and they were just like killer well he was more like killer and i was just like oh well that's unfortunate you you really just you really just meta the fact that just because i said i could probably play a better rogue than Mm, you as a as a druid i see a little bit of a power power struggle going on there yeah yeah and the and it wasn't like me being like an asshole it was me Mm. saying hey this 16 year old boy playing a rogue and not helping his teammates in battle and going to a bar instead to drink is kind of bullshit and that was kind of what i was getting at i can play a better rogue than you you know what i love about this is like it's and everyone experiences this like i had the same freaking thing a couple of games that i've played like you have a couple of people who are just a little bit like Still, and you find like whatever, you know, it might be exterior prejudice, it might be jealousy, it might be, you know, whatever things happen. It's something that I found crops up often, especially in first couple of sessions, I find, yeah. um, is something that often definitely happens. There has to be some sort of like, in a new party, a new campaign, almost a, a sort of setting the climate period between mm-hmm. players of like, okay, let's figure out like, I like my character is in the world, but like me navigating with these other real people, like, how are we going to do this? Like who is the, who are the natural leaders? Who are the natural supporters? Who are the, you know, who are the facilitators? Who are the ones that are going to be a little bit like antagonistic? And then if that all works, if we can get that chemistry to work, then now let's jump into our characters and make that work. If it doesn't work, doesn't matter what characters we have, it's fucked. It's fucked from the beginning. Like it's just too annoying and too hard. So, you know, but what I love about what you do, Ali, is honesty. Yeah, and you challenge, like, you challenge the norm. And through challenging the norm is, like, cre- like new creativity comes. Like, that's where the new shit comes from that, oh, fuck, we didn't think about that because no one's ever fucking done that before. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Second. Yeah, my, my main, what I do every time I play D&D mostly, this is like if I'm doing a long campaign, is I play, I start as a rogue, a rogue, I can't say that word correctly ever, <laughs> or a druid, and then I multi-class in either one. <laughs> and people are like, why? And I was like, because I want a thorn whip, but I want to steal shit. Like, I don't understand <laughs> what the issue is here and everyone's just like that's such an odd multi-class i'm just like is it though like, <laughs> i mean it's it's one of those things like it's an odd multi-class until you have like a monk warlock and you're like like come on now like can we like can we get real right now um but no i i hear that and i think it's really interesting because i know as 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 the ttrpg space we typically like 
as you kind of know, believe it's a safe space. It's a space where, you know, it's about, you know, um, diversity and like inclusion and like all of that. And it's interesting that you do find those little pockets. And it's like I said, it's often in those like first couple of sessions, I often find those pockets of like red flags that go up and I'm like, whoa, I'm like out of this group, you know, kind of thing. And oh, I'm not, I'm not playing with you kind of thing. And like, it's one Sometimes of those they don't, that you learn. They yeah. don't even realize it as well. Like you can do a session zero and it's sure. like, okay, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Hang on. We just did that. And we're just about ready to do that. So when you say we're not doing it, does it mean that you don't care or you're not aware? Which one is it? Mm. And either one is bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, those are, those are that situations. That was a little bit where... problematic, Jim. <laughs> you want to try that again? <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's one of those ones like session zeros, I think, are something that I've really begun to value and really, really like found important. And I imagine, you know, for your dystopian world, your, your setting of Eden, it, it's, it's grungy, it's dark, there's gore, there's, you know, violence, there's, you know, all this like inter like politicky stuff going on between characters and stuff. So let me ask you, how important was that like session zero for you guys? Was that like, okay, guys, this could get real, real like dicey quickly. So let's, <laughs> let's draw some um, real clean lines to start this off, you know? So people are going to judge dice drop super hard after I say this, but you have to remember, everyone listening has to remember, I was not the GM at the time, so it was mm. not my, it, it mm. was not my circus, but was my monkeys, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, we did not have a session zero for dice drop to see how, what direction it would actually go in. Mm. But you want to know something that's good that will like help me? After I became the game goddess and I took over, all of my characters had a session zero so I could figure out what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> so um, we didn't know what sense. direction it would go in. Mm. And then it went in that direction and we were like, okay. But none of us were like, none of us were upset with it. We were actually like kind of digging it. We liked that it was a lot different from other podcasts. Mm. We liked that we like showed off like, hey, this is kind of what's happening in the real world right now. And since our setting is in the real world, just like after mm. this post-apocalyptic mess, um, we're going to show it off even in this mm. like supposedly utopian mm. society, but secretly dystopian. So, yeah. And do you know, I think, first of all, one, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's 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 freaking crazy that blows my mind and also i i love it that even you know i, I believe some it was 40 years was it 40 episodes in that james of how let me get the number right how, how episode episodes? 47 is when i first ever gm my first game ever and i had to record and edit it i, I thought so i was gonna say i thought i thought it was deep for you to step in that deep into a campaign and recession zero, that is a level like that inspires the fuck out of me. Like that is so like I love that you come in and you're just like, right, I'm gonna set down some laws. We're gonna like, we're gonna redo this. And like I really, really love that and appreciate you, you know, stepping into that kind of headspace and doing it. And something you mentioned that actually is something I've been meaning to ask you for like a while because in mutants and masterminds and in the setting that you're in, you are like you said, it's modern day. Well, modern day ish a little bit future yeah. but you know modern day and Two, uh, you know 200 years it's fine yeah I was gonna say, yeah it's uh, what's 200 years on the on the like timeline of life <laughs> like a click <laughs> exactly um so let me ask because for me and i know like other people i've talked to sometimes when you're portraying like a fantasy character like a a traditional fantasy character i'll call it uh you know of a knight or like a, a maiden or you know or you know a bard or you know whatever people often find that they have to like act a certain way and get lost in like feeling like there has to be this like medieval touch to my character and what whatever do you find role playing in the modern world easier or harder than when you're doing it in like traditional fantasy how, how does that kind of suit for you all of us kind of accidentally made ourselves <laughs> in the space so mm. um i'm i like to say my personality is very river already i just am not as grungy as she is i'm still as outspoken i will still speak my mind i still shrivel up when i get scared at things uh like 
another thing that I very much like wanted to put in the campaign once I was officially in like the the driver's seat um i wanted to speak out more about like sort of like family more about mental illness just like all of that because Mm. there are like a touch of capitalism because that was already like in this society that we built so it was a very big deal for me to be like hey all of our characters have abandonment issues we all have depression we all have like some form of anxiety disorder and all of them collectively went yes and i was just like cool all of river's arc because i'm going to make river's arc i'm going to finish river's arc so i can officially become a side character to all the other npcs Mm -hmm. um is going to be kind of about mental illness and that sort of made the horror a saint insane asylum sort of setting that i built which was my first time actually like building the space and getting more and more excited and then my players got more and more excited with it and so i got more and more excited with it so it it became some of like the best episodes of dice drop in my opinion and james wasn't there james Mm -hmm. left Mm -hmm. 10 episodes earlier so <laughs> there, there you go and that's what it is you know yeah it's i mean it, that is indicative but i what i what i particularly love about it ali is you know this this element of realism and you know let's get into the real feels let's get into like why we do this and we get into it certainly from my perspective i love like super super fun happy hilarious moments but i equally emphasis on equally love you know, the other range of emotions, whether it's pain or sadness or, you know, even within like, role play. yeah, within role play. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm in it for. And so Just for you to, I'm like, I like emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. Like we're cracking jokes the entire time. Totally. And it's because we're, we're all comfortable with one another. Yeah. And I made sure we were all comfortable. And before I even touched on the insane asylum arc with river i was like guys what is the x card here i want to know how far i'm able to go and how far i absolutely am not able to go at all Mm -hmm. and everyone was just like i trust you don't make it too gory and i was just Mm -hmm. like all right cool um so this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't listened, but this might give you a reason to listen. Oswald loses his uh, left hand in mm-hmm. at the end of the Insane Asylum arc because the thing is with James is he never gave us an incentive of, hey, there are actual things that can happen to you here. Mm-hmm. And so I gave that and the it was going to be a finger it was only going to be a finger and then kyle <laughs> did the wrong thing in testing me that Things day got carried away <laughs> <laughs> and he was just i was just like kyle i have a plan for oswald and i'm sorry and he was just like fuck me up do it you won't and i was just like well now you lost your hand so <laughs> so that's on you do you know what that's that's really great and i think you know it's one of those things where I think a couple things, a couple points that you said are really great. First of all, um, trust having that trust within your players and your and your GM to communicate about, you know, cool, I trust you, don't make it too great. And then relying that the GM will approach and go, you know, okay, we're we're entering a zone now where like, you know, okay. And like you said, checking with Kyle and seeing, you know, how, you know, so on and so forth feels. And often in a lot of cases, when you check in with people, it often helps situations and eases, you know, moments and things like that. So I really love the communication aspect of what you just spoke about, because I feel like it's such an undervalued part of fucking almost all of life. I swear, I swear to God, like I, the amount of times I'm telling like my friends and like my girlfriend and you guys, like, we need to talk about things like communicate, talk about it. Like, (laughs) for God's sake, we need to talk like it's it's just it solves so many problems and i think it's one of those big things that though it can be a painful awkward uh, maybe uncomfortable in some cases process it does always everyone comes out the other end typically feeling a little bit better about the situation so i really appreciate that about what you said and the other thing i really love as a gm of 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 consequence 
is, you know, putting in these like things of like, you're going to lose your hand and you're not getting it back. You're just not, it's, you don't have a hand now. And that's, you can deal with that. You can go get an augment if you want, but you know, you're dealing with that. And so for well, me, like I, yeah. I value that as well. Massively. I'm right there. With what, you. Was, yeah, what was really funny is that Kyle was just like, well, can Data just make me a new robot hand and that just be okay? And I was just like, Data's doing a thousand other things right now. If you want to roll to convince Data to stop what he's doing to make you another hand so you don't have a, just like a nub. Because we do, we have two healers. We had two healers on the um, on the team, one being River and the other one being yeah. Data, but Data's also the smart techie one. Yeah. Um, so he, it was fine. It was like carterized right after it happened. Yeah. I didn't like say oh yeah there's blood and guts everywhere yeah. it was just like your head your hand's gone there's a little bit of blood and that's basically what i said yeah. um and he was just like i it's not like resident evil i can't just pour goop on it and it'd be okay i was just like no kyle you're not dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're not a god this is not how this works like i'm i'm exactly the same like i'm all about you know like player death is important play like currently in uh in the family game that i run um one of the players that will also be in in the homie and the dude actually um stream uh podcast coming up soon um in our in our family game he has lost a finger because he went up to a mafia don spoke some shit and then basically got an offering of like, cool, you can go fight in the ring now or you lose a finger. And he was like, I'm losing a finger then. <laughs> and so, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that I'm like, cool, if you're going to, as I always say to my players, I'm happy for you to make stupid decisions, but stupid decisions have stupid consequences. <laughs> and that's, that's where I come to is like, you're going you're gonna to find out that there's, there's, there's things that happen when you make bad decisions. And at the end of the day, it's a... I think for me, at least in realism, it's important. Other people I know very much mm -hmm. want to play, you know, the, the My Little Pony game that doesn't have, you know, a, a, any death in your, you're revived, like you come back to like, you know, that kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm all for those games and I love that people do want to play that stuff. But for me, that doesn't sit in my world too, too great. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it's if it's like a one shot for funsies, that's fine. If it's like a long term campaign, I'm gonna want yeah. some like feels, some emotion, some story building, um, yeah. some actual like collaborative like teamwork on how this game is gonna work. And that's just what kind of what I expect out of a game. And that's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it's the same thing. And like in those situations, if if the role play is, you know, isn't, isn't real, then you also start as a player, you start kind of, I don't know, like it, it lowers this your so serious. Yeah. You start lowering your seriousness. Like, okay, I'm just gonna go in there and do some funny shit because I'm, even if I die, I'm, it doesn't matter. I'm going to come back. So I'm just going to do some wacky shit that has no, whether, whatever the consequences are, I'm cool with it. Whereas to really get into, like you're saying to the immersive part of it, you need to be immersed. You need to have some sort of, realism as part of the experience and that is the ultimate fucking hammer you could die you do something stupid you're gonna die like and you can come back but you know there's a whole bunch of hassle to you coming up with another character and how the fuck we're we gonna fit your character in and all this other shit like that <laughs> oh that oh that was fun yeah because we had a we were we went looking for a new character because i couldn't just parade around two monkeys i needed a third <laughs> So yeah, we we put in like applications and stuff like that, and we found Britain or Skagwater RPG, and he is great, and we love him. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, let me just circle back because I know we've we've mentioned uh, James a couple times and the separation, and I know it probably was a bit like that is a that's a pretty big schism for uh, you know you lose a player that's one thing you lose a GM that's a big that's a whole other thing and I'm sure there was reason the reasons behind it that you may or may not want to talk about but as far as your own emotional journey of like okay I am now stepping in to this new role talk, talk to us a little bit about I go from player to now I'm a GM and whether it's preparation so, whether whatever it is how did that feel yeah. So it's been almost a full year since James left. So me and everybody else on the podcast were just like, we were super professional about it when it happened, like to everyone outside of what was actually going on. But now we're yeah. just sort of over it and we're just going to speak about what actually happened. And mm. what happened was, is 
James came in the Discord after not talking to us for maybe two weeks. We have our own Dice Drop Discord that just has all of us in it. And he goes, hey guys, I thought about this. Keep in mind, we're at, uh, at this point over a thousand followers on Twitter. And I think at like 5,000 downloads on Podbean. Like we're in it. We're in it yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, hey guys, um, I think I'm not going to do the podcast anymore. Um, you see, I have a full-time job and a girlfriend now, so I just don't think I have the time for it. <laughs> and um, keep in mind, I just want to... Mm. Elena is a school teacher. Uh, we're just talking about this. We literally just had this conversation. <laughs> Elena is a school teacher. <laughs> Kyle's in school right now and is working pretty much anytime he can. And I'm a graphic designer that works nine hours a day <laughs> and doesn't get home till seven o'clock at night. And guess what? He didn't edit the podcast. He didn't design the podcast. I did all of it. He just had to show up and say some words, guys. <laughs> so he left. <laughs> so he left. And um, I had a panic attack. I was bawling tears. Um, I can imagine. This was, this was, this was what happened <laughs> in like uh, within two hours. Panic attack, bawling tears, freaking out, spam calling James because mm. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, it took me until that night after he sent it at like 11 a.m. Like right now, this time, your time right now, oh. my time. Yeah. He sent it at this time. I didn't get access to the roll 20 until 9 50 at night because I was just like if I'm going to be the DM you have to give me the DM rights because I'm not remaking all those character sheets because yeah. wow um and he finally did it he was just like I just put it over to you I was like thank you um and I asked if I could have any notes yeah. at all um yeah. it is February 3rd 2022 there are no notes um <laughs> <laughs> um and i immediately am spam texting elena like can i be the gm now are you okay with me being the gm now and she was just like yes do it amazing do it and i was just nice. like perfect and I, and I called kyle and kyle was just like i saw it because kyle's very bad at discord he's like i saw what happened i was just like are you okay with me being the person now and he was like you do everything anyways and i was like perfect thank you kyle's been my friend six since we've been 16 and we're like best friends so him just saying Amazing. shit is just normal for me um Amazing. yeah and uh i already had the name game goddess picked out because i was planning on doing a short like three-part series with my guys playing vampire the masquerade oh nice so I had Game Goddess already picked out, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm now the Game Goddess of Dice Drop Evolution. Here we go. And uh, that's that's, the that's what happened. That you was know, the journey. You know what, Allie? That is so fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> literally, like, so first of all, okay, you were doing a lot of the other stuff, like, let's say all the other stuff. But to step into the GM role is to literally take the, the wheel of the bus. And there had to be, like, I know for me, without having done it before stepping into a dm role once and just understanding the preparation for that and how it felt and the anxiety i felt and just wanting it to work wanting the players to all have a good time and all of that there's a let's not minimize what you did like there's a that's a huge huge leap mm -hmm. that you know that you jumped you know with you know with like a swan dive pose into you embraced it with fucking style um that was incredible and you know i'm sure your players appreciate it i'm sure your you know your followers appreciate it and you know if you don't do that it dies if you don't do that yeah it's wrong. yeah i and if people could like say oh well it was james's baby too it's like no this was mine this was yeah. my baby i did all the editing i did all the designing i just want my players to have a good time and i want everyone that listens to have a good time and ever since i got in the driver's seat the amount of love and feedback that i've gotten has been super overwhelming because as oh, i stated yeah. before episode 47 of dice drop evolution was the first time i ever gm'd 
<laughs> ever. <laughs> this is just wild. That's that's it's like it's like it's like, like us doing fifty podcasts, and for the first time on the fiftieth podcast, I'm like, right, Tom, I'm gonna actually do a podcast with you today. <laughs> that's 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 actually mental. Like the 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 thing that makes that blows me away the most is like as as a DM GM, whatever you want to call it. Um, I like it's it's the exhaustion levels as well that come with it. It's the putting yourself forward and like, dude. Like editing is not fucking easy. I have also been the editor. Like when we first start out, I was the editor for this. And I guarantee, you know, when the first couple of stream episodes come out, I'll be a part of that editing team. And it's, it's just like, man almighty. Like it's not easy. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of brain power. And once you start as well, you can't turn it off. Even if like, even in the middle of the night, you just can't turn it off. You're like, oh, I've had an idea. Or, you know, this is, and once the ball rolls, interestingly for those of us that are meant to be you know whatever people call it forever gms you know people who want to be you know a gm more than a player or sit in the sit in the chair more though it's a pleasure it is also like everything we have like every put it all on the table in those moments for the players to have a good time for you know an audience if you know you have an audience to have a good time and so on and so forth and i think yeah, it's it's very much one of those ones that, that it's it's a sensitive space where we really put it all out there. We really put it all out there, and to commit to that, fucking brave as hell. I I'm inspired, and you you blow you blow my socks off. So that's incredible. Thank you. I'll, let me add to that as well, because there's a, there's the other side of it as well. It might be good to explore this, which is the satisfaction you get mm. of like having people embody a world that started here, and now you're like adding color to it in real time and they're changing and they're adding color to it and this whole like dynamic this creative dynamic that's happening fluidly um back and forth how is that sort of the satisfaction the reward of stepping in not just like saving the stream but also just the self reward of being a gm how did, how was that for you um so I, it's really funny because Eden didn't start out as my world. It started out as James's world. I then had to construct James's world into my own brain noggin and uh, sort of make it into what I knew it was actually meant to be. So without retconning like the entire podcast and yeah. just like going off of everyone's storyline, um, I was able to finally like create an, mm. an, a place that I was proud of. Now we are actually leaving Eden in the coming of episodes. And uh, it's actually my world building now. I made an entire map of the United States saying, hey, here are all of the cities. You are going to Anchorage first, but then it's an open map for you. And of you the whole guys United States? Yeah, so um, I call it, because it's no longer the United States after 200 years of nuclear war, it's the sanctum conglomerate of the sanitized cities. Nice. That is fucking <laughs> badass. And that it's is SCSC. Awesome. Yeah, it's SCSC nice. as the... Um, acronym and i told i told my players i was just like i'm gonna say this now so if any of you laugh at me you can do it now and they're just like okay well what is it and i said it and they're like that's really good ali and i was just like wait really you're not <laughs> laughing at me thanks yeah so um yeah the entirety of like where eden is in the united states like i decrepit some of the borders because you know like water corrosion and everything mm. um there are 13 cities that people can still live in and mm -hmm. uh i said all right well this is now the sanctum conglomerate of the sanitized cities and it sounded like a little bit evil and it sounded like a little bit like corporation yeah you're safe you're safe here but like mm -hmm. yeah that was it. what i was going for i love it and do you know what i think do you know, I'm sat here. Fuck, man. I uh, am. I am too. I gotta say something. I'm sat here and I'm going like this, right? So, as a GM, like, let me just give you so a bit of a bit of my stories. I've been building my world that people will see in our actual play podcast coming out soon, and and, and I've been building that since I started being a dungeon master. So, my whole brain power has been in this like steampunk 
like middle fantasy world that I've been building for ages. Hell yeah. And it's like, I love it. But also like, I'm hearing, like, I'm seeing all these other, I'm seeing, like, you know, you guys doing this mutants and, and masterminds. I'm seeing, like, you know, over in Dimension 20, they're doing Starstruck over, you know, I'm seeing some amazing, like, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Lovecraftian, like, campaigns. I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm missing out on so many different genres because I'm just you're saying building you this can't, world. You're saying you can't put any Lovecraftian monsters in that steampunk middle fantasy world you're making? I think you can. Uh, I, I, I'm getting there. Don't there's you know? an alley challenge in it. I was going to say, yeah, there's an yeah, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking got it. You're right. You're 100% right. And I, I, I plan to, but it's one of those things of just like, you know, I want to I wanna fucking play a superhero campaign. I want to experience some of that. And so the, the big thing about this that I, I want you to know out of all of this, coming away from this conversation, I like, I loved you before this conversation. And I'm so inspired by who you are and, you know, what you're doing and, the world that you're in and like, again, the setting that you're like developing yourself. Like, I just love it all. I, I'm such a big fan of that. And first of all, to have 13 cities is fucking crazy. That's an extortionate amount of fucking <laughs> world building. Like that's, I have, I think the maximum, like my big detailed areas, I think I have like 11 or 12 big details areas. And even then I haven't really detailed each of those because I don't have time to go detail each of my big areas at this point. Like that's crazy. But Honestly, you're just, you're blowing my mind. I think something that I wanted to ask you that I think is like an important question. Obviously, you know, James was there when you guys made the decision to go down the mutants and masterminds kind of decision. I know that was also my decision. Little, I was about to say, I know that it did come from you though, predominantly. I've, I've, I've heard a couple of times now and read a couple of bits where it was like, it came from Ali. What is it about superheroes versus swords that was like, yes, we were going down the superheroes? We didn't want, okay, there's a flood. There's like a literal like ocean of D&D actual play podcasts. You mm -hmm. want to know what there's a little river pond of? Mutants and masterminds and sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so we went that way. I was just like, yeah. I don't want to do D&D because I think we're going to get swept up really mm -hmm. quickly and it, we're going to drown and we're never going to actually like have the energy to like build up and make it mm. how we want mm. to a hundred percent love everybody that has done D, D and has been able to make it like mm. love everyone that does that i didn't think that we were going to be able to because mm. sure we're funny but like are we that funny and uh <laughs> so i looked at everybody i was like i want to be an x-man and they're like what and i was like i want to be an x-man and i don't want to know my powers i want to roll for my powers randomly because what x-man has ever been like yeah i want that power and gotten it that's never been a thing it's always been a curse and then james kind of sat back and was like wait a minute and i was just like yeah let's do that and then we <laughs> did it and then it worked so <laughs> It, it's amazing because because I mean for me especially also in this climate where Marvel and DC are just like taking chunks of fucking real estate like every single day it feels well, it was like really you know, funny good idea. Really, we were we were set to premiere the same weekend as the new mutants movie was coming mm. out and amazing. then they delayed it because of the panini and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, we were just like oh no everything's awful and then the pandemic really went and we were just like well mm. we're using the mutant thing like a like bad medical thing mm. and this is just getting real awkward but we're just gonna push more into it and hope nothing bad happens and nothing bad's happened so it's been that's that i mean you just this the story arc of the evolution of dice drop uh, evolution um I mean, to me, so there's there's a term triple threat in uh, in acting, right? You are so I I'm not sure how much of a threat you are in acting. You might be a, a triple threat in acting, but I totally think you are a triple threat in life. Okay, so let me just talk through this because sometimes I have these wacky little theories. Um, <laughs> um, so when we first met you, it was it was very clear to us, and we immediately came off saying we want Ali on the podcast because yeah. you're just really sensitive. You're very available. Just an emotionally intelligent bowl of energy. Yeah. So we were just like that. So that's one thing that we knew. Okay. 
The other bit that we kind of didn't know so much, maybe the two other bits of the triple threat are how much of a fucking fighter you are. Mm. Like you're just a tough badass. Like underneath the sensitivity. I bet you and- do well in cold weather. I bet you, do, <laughs> I bet you really do well. I absolutely weather. do not. And I want to move to Massachusetts and they have like three feet of snow right now. And I was like, I would not leave the house. <laughs> but but to, to, to the point, like you have made decisions that, you know, it's been fork in a row decisions. And every time you've been like, no, fuck that. We're doing this. And you keep doing that over and over again. And I love that. And the third part of it. So super sensitive, super emotionally evolved is one. Two is you're a fucking fighter badass. And the third is you're creative as hell as well. So you're coming up with the creative side of things. And that is super impressive, Ali. Like super, like that's not like common. I, I was about to say, that's not something everyone has. And the, the, the whole fighter thing as well is like such a, a rare thing. People often sit and take their place and will often like just just be like hit with whatever comes their way kind of thing. And like I, and this is something that bothers me a lot. You know, I, I often say this um, to my to my girlfriend when we're talking about, you know, female role models and feminism and stuff. I'm like, it bothers the fuck out of me that, you know, you have people like and don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and all these amazing women who are doing incredible mm-hmm. things. No, yeah. But. When you have women like yourself, uh, you know, the she days out there like yourself and, and, you know, people like Amanda Nunez and, you know, Amber and, you know, Jess Pendley and like all these amazing people that are like true role models, like actual role models for women, not just like shaking some booty in a music video. Like, come on, like, <laughs> like, I love it. I love it. But also like, we need like someone like yourself who is going to at every turn where there's a roadblock, you've gone. I'm going to get over this wall, whether it be running fucking through it or climbing over it or running around it. Like, that's what is inspired. That's what a role model is. It's not someone fucking expressing their hundreds of dollars of bills and Gucci wear and whatever, you know, like that's not what it's about. And so I just I just take my hat off to you as a role model for young people out there who want to get into what we're doing. And it's and Tom and I. We're making a fucking habit of choosing really good guests, actually, <laughs> um, as it so happens. But you, Amber, you know, all these amazing people that we spoke to, Emil, you know, Mark Arcusha, Jess Penn, like, it's just why, how many people in this community are like good in people and good role models and people who, you know, we love and want to like spend time with and interact with. So I, I don't know. It, it's it's just one of the, I I don't know what to say other than just thank you for being. I'm gonna who cry. You are. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you for being who you are. Like it's I I know for me like something as, as a as a guy I'll, I'll put this out there as, as as someone who identifies as a man and often takes the the stereotypical like I, I want a family at some point you know and and things like that. If I ever have a daughter, there's people like you. I'm glad that there's people like you in the world that I can be like, hey look at this person you know if you want to be like someone fucking go be like ali go fucking be like amber because they kick ass like that's what it's all about it's really like um, amber's my best friend amber actually lives 20 minutes from me so <laughs> we see each other all the time there you go i was gonna say it makes sense why and it's it's one of those things as well i think it's something that comes with confidence it comes with time it's something that doesn't always it doesn't always come to people in some cases in their lives and i think you're just a really, really great uh, example of that. Now, something I'm going to make a really interesting segue here. You ready for this? Let's so, go. Let's go. You let's ready go. for this? So, <laughs> as we've just talked about, you as a character are exceedingly diverse. Mutants and Masterminds has an incredibly diverse character creation system based off of how you choose your powers. <laughs> Talk to me about wow, your power. Thanks. That's I, I did fucking good, good didn't I? Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, tell me a little bit about why you kind of went down your route with your powers, why you chose your powers and what you, uh, for River, this is specifically that I'm talking about and why you kind of love that kind of build of how you build your powers in Mutants and Masterminds, including that like blind power at the beginning that you started. Um, all my powers are technically like rolled. They're, mm. I didn't actually get to like pick any of them. What we mm. do is we do a first initial roll, which is a D100 mm. that has an Excel sheet that has, all right, this is what you pick. And then I have them do like three D20s and that tells me what power in that section they got. Nice. So nice. it's it's literally like throw up in the air and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, my main reason was for that was it's not 
fair that you can choose what power you get and be like cool and awesome and like yeah. not have any issues with it while actual superheroes that you see in comic books and movies and like whatever they didn't get to choose they didn't get to be like yeah i want to have flight and invisible and invisibility so no one can see me no you didn't get choose that so that's how <laughs> i kind of was with it i was very much and this isn't how i am with my guests with my guests i'm like guests are allowed to choose my players are not <laughs> I yeah, am yeah, so you, get the, you get the special shit that makes sense <laughs> yeah um amber is going to be on dde soon and amber Ooh. told me specifically i don't want to choose my powers i want to roll for them and i was just like all right bitch <laughs> <laughs> so, <Good luck. laughs> yeah, that's basically what i told them now you you mentioned something that i i actually had thought about a lot because you know there's like i had mentioned a second ago superhero content is fucking everywhere from animated things nowadays through to big like cinema blockbusters all the way through how much are things like uh you know um uh, the the amazon prime animated show i can't remember the name i think it's impervious or uh something like that um, and shows like The Boys and, you know, these grunge, the, the, you know, The Tick and, you know, things like that. How much are those influencing some of this, like, ideas in, like, your mind? Are you watching any of that for source material or is that just, you know, whatever? Fun, fun fact, I did not know about The Boys. And oh, I maybe. was, I was, when I first saw it, um, mm. I was unfortunately dating a man. Sorry, none, I didn't realize I was a lesbian at the time, but I was unfortunately dating <laughs> a man who didn't know anything about my podcast and we were together for two years. So you think he would yeah. like have listened to that a little bit, but yeah. I was watching the boys with him and I looked at him. I was like, this is just dice drop. And, <laughs> and he was just like, no, this has like real things in it. Like there's essay and like all that stuff. And I was just like, this is just dice drop. And, yeah. and he's like, your podcast doesn't do that. And I was just like, yeah, it does. We we get into some heavy shit, dude. And mm. yeah, it was just like, don't gaslight me about my own podcast. Thanks. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I was about to say, that's that's exactly the moment you start going, you know what? I'm not sure about guys. <laughs> that's, that's the moment right there. That's the moment when he's like, I don't know what you, he's like, you don't do that in your podcast. You're like, the fuck? If you would listen to it, you would know we fucking do that in the podcast, motherfucker. What are you doing? You're like, I, I'm actually gay. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm out of here. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was a fun revelation where I was just like, maybe I just don't like, and I, so I said that Kyle is my best friend, has been my best friend since like I was 16. Cause we knew each other since I was 16. Um, Kyle and I dated for five years and oh, wow. I, yeah, Kyle and I know each other very well. We understand, yeah. we know our mannerisms, we know our tics, but, um, I called Kyle and I was just like, Kyle, am I a lesbian? He was just like, oh God, I was waiting for so <laughs> no. long. And I was just like, you didn't tell me? And he was just like, how? You have to, you have to figure that out for yourself. And I was just like, that's rude. <laughs> no, I'm so like, slow. <laughs> you're meant to be my friend. This is where you come and talk to me. Like, come on now. No, I, I do you know what is interesting? I, for, we'll, we'll dive into this territory a little bit as well, because I think it's, again, something that's freaking inspirational and awesome that you're willing to, like, open up about all of that. Like, I, I'm, I'm bisexual here myself, and, you know, it's one of those spaces where, you know, getting used to, like, operating that way and finding your own space very much is like stepping into the chair of a DM where you're just like, ah, ah you know, all <laughs> here of this now. is new. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> exactly. It's new and it's interesting and it's, you know, so I, I, I hella respect. Again, another example of just you being like, eh, you know what? I'm taking a stance in my life. And I'm, and again, there's, you know, you hear stories of couples that are together for like, what, like 20, 30 years. And then the, the husband's like, I'm actually gay. Like, oh, you know, kind of thing. it's like, again, it takes a lot of courage to tell people these things, apparently, in, in, in a lot of senses. But I respect the hell out of you for, for doing that and just being brave and just being a badass again. It's a, it's a generational thing as well. I you think, think? Yeah, I think, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know why it's harder for my generation, but it's just, I think there's just, there's like ingrained, like 
deep learned behavior stigma that um, of like fear, mostly fear, <laughs> fear of judgment, but fear, just straight out fear. Fear of fear of finding the gay within. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe some of that as well. Like, maybe that as well. No, but I mean, I mean, like fear of like stepping out, like yeah, stepping into the world like that. There's, there's, there's so much, and I just think it has been. I think that there's been a really good job of, and I do think it's your generation that has really sort of destigmatized it, taken the hard edges off. There's still like there's there's lots of work to do, right? Lots and lots yeah. of work to do, but a lot of those sharp edges have been you know sanded down for people to. To, just to make it a little bit easier, um, and and that is definitely you know you guys that have done that. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I mean I wasn't at the Stonewall riots myself, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but well, what, you were you were going to say something, Ali? What, what were you going to say about that? I was going to say I just thought I was bisexual, and then suddenly um, it hit me. It was just like, no, you're just like girls. And I was like, oh, it was it, it was something that. Yeah, it was something that I think my mother accidentally ingrained in me. And, like, she loves me for who I am. She knows that I am a lesbian. She's like, I love you. I don't care. Mm. But from when I was, like, five years old, she she's the type of mother that's just like, you're going to marry a rich man. And I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just like, I don't want a man. And she was like, I understand. Look at all of them. We don't have a lot of choices anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's such a good mom answer god what a good mom answer shout out to ali's mom for that fuck it out what a great answer that is that's ridiculous now obviously you know uh, appearances and, and judgment are things uh you know that that's one thing in life and I, I wanted to ask you this about the podcast because it kind of interests me as well tom and i are sat here doing you know video podcasts and people do video mm -hmm. live streams and you guys have chosen to do an audio podcast um, was that is like what were the original reasons for that? Is there any sort of like fear of stigma, fear of judgment, or was it just like you know it's fucking easier? We don't have to deal with video. Like what what was the kind of feeling? I'll behind? say I'll say it's fucking easier, so we don't have to deal with video. But also, mm. we like recording with our pants off in the summer, so <laughs> <laughs> none of us like wearing pants when it gets really hot out. So um, that's that's why we don't that's do video. Reason. Incredible, incredible. Well, you, you know, if you do go video, though, I have a feeling there could be something viral that could be. <laughs> oh yeah. That could be in the summer, only like launch it in the summer and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Dice, Dice Drop Evolution OnlyFans actual play series. <laughs> it's actually stripped the stripped mutants and madness, where as you as you uh, do progressively worse, you lose more clothing as the session goes. <laughs> Oh my god. Tip us, we'll start rolling with D4s. We'll fail every time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? I think this has been an absolute pleasure for me to get to know you in, in this respect. You're, as I've said, like just a role model for me. I'm I'm proud to be in this space with you and and be sharing this kind of space with you. And um I just want you to know, like, we here support you. You're you're amazing and and keep kicking ass in the way that you are because there's very few people out there doing it like you're doing it and uh, keep doing that because it's unique and amazing. And, and there's, like I said, very few people doing it. So yeah. Thank, thank you so much for sitting and talking with us today. It's been, it's been a bloody pleasure. We flipped through an hour. Like it was nothing felt like bloody nothing on our end. It was great. Um, I want to hand over to you and just say if you want to do any shout outs or, 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 uh, or mention anyone, you know, you've talked about Kyle and all these people. If you want to let yeah. people know where they can find all those incredible people in your life, uh, feel free well, to do so. Hey, if you want to find me, I'm mostly at uh, dice underscore drop. However, if you do want to follow me on my personal, it's uh, game goddess Alex, but it's spelled A-L-X. Um, so that's where you can find me. Again, never on my personal. Better off just following Dice Drop. Uh, Kyle's is also never on his personal. If he is going to write on Twitter, it's going to be on Dice Drop. He does have mm -hmm. one, and it is on the Twitter. I do have to look up handles for uh, everybody for because I suck. Uh, <laughs> um, no, totally fine. Um, on our end, as always, guys, Homie and the Dude, Holy Trinity, like. Follow Facebook, subscribe, YouTube, Twitter, all the good places, and 
NPCs, website, homieandthedude.com. You know, all that stuff. All that stuff. stuff. (laughs) If you want to follow Elena, who is my other female companion, Chaos Goblin, um, she is almost at a thousand followers on Twitter, and she is peachy underscore keen 24. And Britain is you're gonna keep this in because i don't want it to be edited i think it's fine it's gonna be skagwater rpg to follow britain and Amazing. yeah uh we're just a crazy chaotic fun mutants and masterminds podcast that has some feels sometimes <laughs> awesome we'll put everyone in we'll put everyone's yeah, handles we'll, in the in the description as well yeah we'll get those links for you um Otherwise, uh, Dice Drop Evolution, an incredible actual play podcast where you can, like like Ali said, it underplayed it. It's a roller coaster of highs and lows, beautiful character development, and incredible, incredible plot development as well. So if you guys are needing something to binge while you know you're on the toilet, you know while your grandma's <laughs> just talking at you, you know, and you need something in the other ear, if you're needing something for the train ride, whatever it may be, Dice Drop Evolution, be it. Um, is, is what I would say. Bodie, I'm just going to carry you around so you can just say more <laughs> about my podcast than I ever could. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So I, 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 I'm, I'm the promo. That's, that's, that's. Tom and I take the place, and he's like, you know what? You, you, you do the promo stuff. I'll do the intro. You do the promo. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but no, honestly, Ali, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us today. It has been more than an honor to have you on, and we look forward to possibly having you back again in the future um, for yeah. another episode. It would be a pleasure. Furthermore. I uh, would love to see you um, on the Homie and the Dude stream for some one shots that we have coming up in the future. That would be great. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Amazing. Thanks, Ali. Right. Homie and the Dude, Father and Son, TTRPG, MMA podcast. Yeah. See you next time, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching Homie and the Dude today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please hit us with the Holy Trinity. Go follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the Facebook. It's the best way that you can help us out at the moment. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for watching, guys.